Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, February 12th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen. Sarbati is known as Coach, and he should be well rested today after that night off. Coach, how are you feeling today? I am ready to rumble here. I am fired up. I, I didn't know what to do last night. I was following your guys' lineups, and I played them as well and rooting for you, and everybody was... Uh, getting rowdy in the in the uh, discord because you guys did terrific so it was great to see uh you and and uh shane back together did you see the picture i posted in discord i did <laughs> <laughs> it was the stepbrothers uh picture yep. of those two guys so yeah it was it, it uh you guys did great so it was a fun day we've got 11 games and then a busy weekend so this i'm stoked rested and ready to just smash so let's do it yeah, that was fun. Five, we gave out five lineups on FanDuel last night, and four of them cashed. And the clipboard was solid again on DraftKings. So let's let's follow it up here, get this weekend rolling. Eleven games. We have seven of the twenty-two teams involved in a back-to-back. Only two totals over two thirty, and a lot of news that we'll hit along the way. Starting with Minnesota and Charlotte, seven o'clock yes. Eastern. We've got Correct. D'Angelo Russell confirmed out, so we don't have to wait for that. Of course, we have the big cat back in the mix. He played 31 minutes in his first game back. Then on the Charlotte side, we do have some news with uh, Devontae Graham questionable. So uh, with, a lot, with a total here of 228 and Charlotte favored by three and a half, what are your thoughts here? Well, it's interesting. I mean... Rubio certainly comes into play as the first guy we'll mention today because he's going to get the majority of minutes at point guard. You know, 22 teams playing, we go right to Ricky Rubio, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not saying I'm going to play him, but if you need a a value guy, he is the starting point guard with D'Angelo out, and he will uh, control the ball. Obviously, though, with Cat back, I was shocked he played 31 minutes right out of the gate. I thought they'd 22 to 25, you know, would be the range. So, uh, you know, they had a day off, right? And now this is uh, so I would expect he plays mid 30s. So, is Cat in play? I would have to say he is for the very first time this year. But man, that price is a, a punch in the gut. So, don't know if you want to pay up there. But with D'Angelo Russell out and really, you know, all the usage goes to Cat. I mean, Beasley gets a little, a lot of it was forced on him because so many guys were out. Same thing with Edwards. Um, But as crazy as it sounds, I think he's going to be super low owned because it's only a second game back. But I think Cat is in play here. He's in my pool. I think he's a a strong consideration. Um, If I'm in a GPP and I need a value guy, then I'd look at Rubio. On the other side with Charlotte, I need the news on Devontae Graham because, you know, Ball and Rogier both have been absolutely terrific. And I think both of them are in play if, uh, if Graham is out. If Graham plays even 25 minutes, it creates a little bit of difficulty because it definitely takes away when they're, the three of them are splitting and the prices, at least on ball, are way up. Rogier is still reasonable enough, but I'm not going to go with with 22 teams playing uh, to to the any of those three if Graham's in. But I'm going to keep my eye on it. Um, 
Gordon Hayward, certainly in play in this game. We haven't talked about him much lately. He's sort of taken a, a back seat to LaMelo, believe it or not. But I think in a game like this where he may get guarded by Edwards, you know, uh, we'll see, or a Kogi. A Kogi's uh, a really good defender, but we got to look at that matchup and determine, you know, if we can slide Hayward in. Again, we just need the rest of the news on the team there. Don't want to go with any of the bigs uh, right now with PJ and Cody. I know Cat is not a good center defender, but, you know, Cody gets minutes and he is solid, but they do rotate Bismack and play PJ a little big. So for me, this game is, uh, you know, in question regarding the news, but I do like Cat as crazy as that sounds. I never expected to be going to him on his second game back, but if he played 31 the first game, I got to think mid-30s here. And with that, against the Charlotte team with a decent pace, could be really enough to get it done at center. Yeah, he could. And, you know, it's he's right in that borderline with price where it's a a price tag for Cat that makes sense. Um, it's a little bit scary. You know, does he, uh, does he have a setback? Does he get mid-30s minutes? And it is a big slate. So I'm, I'm yeah. a little hesitant to go there. Um, and that's I'm, what I'm hoping everybody is, because I think his ownership's going to be way down. That's yep. that's the reason I think he's an edge. Right. On the Charlotte side, I agree. If Graham is out, then I'm I'm going to look at Rozier. I think Lamelo Ball is a little bit too expensive. It is a great matchup. The Wolves are 22nd defensively, yeah. and he can he's got the quickness to get around Rubio at, the, at this stage of his career. But I like Rozier here. If Graham is out. He has really been stroking it. He's and been incredible. He's 44% on the season on three-pointers, and he's making almost four per game for his last eight, and he's making at least two per night. So he's getting up volume, shooting it well. 6,400 as a point guard on, on FanDuel is attractive to me. Yeah. Other than that, I, I don't think I'm going to go anywhere else on Charlotte, even though it is a good matchup. Uh, Rogier is the guy for me tonight. I I don't blame you for one bit. Uh, he has gone under the radar, especially with Lamelo's play. All right, game two, Knicks and Wizards, the other seven o'clock Eastern tip, and this is a contrast in styles. The Wizards, sure. number one pace in the league. Knicks dead last at thirtieth. Huh. We end up with a two eighteen total on BetUS.com.pa. Our presenting sponsor. And Knicks favored by two and a half here. They're on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to host Houston tomorrow. And, you know, in addition to the contrast in pace, we also have the contrast in defense, where the Wizards are second to last, Knicks number six under Thibodeau. So uh, the place we have to start here is that Bradley Beal is out. He's getting a rest day. So Westbrook, big bump in usage and opportunity. But do we go there against this slow Knicks team, strong defense? You know, he's in play for me, uh, 9000 and less, so it's not a crazy price tag. But, you know, this is not supposed to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I don't think he's a lock and load, but he's he's uh, definitely he gets a big bump for me. I'm trying to figure out who the Wizards is, are going to start is a challenge. In his absence, I think it could be Avdia. Um, so that that's my best guess. We've got Bertans, who's been starting. So they they just continue to mix the lineup up every night. It's something different. 
Um, I, I don't think I'm going to look anywhere else other than Westbrook. You know, Avdia, if he starts, is a good price. Bertans is a reasonable price as a starter. But uh, just kind of hard to predict the, what the Wizards are going to do. On the Knicks side, um, we've got Peyton at a good price tag against this Wizards terrible defense. He he got 27 minutes last game out. The Knicks have really been uh, a little bit inconsistent with their guard minutes. And now we've got Derrick Rose in the mix. So he, with Derrick Rose there, I'm not going to play anyone else. I'm not going to play quickly. His minutes were down last last game with Rose in the mix. Not going to play Burks. Barrett is a nice price as a small forward on FanDuel. Uh, I, I like him against that bad defense. Um, and then Mitchell Robinson, 5,100. He's a potential value center tonight. Um, so this is one of those low-scoring games but I may get one or two guys here. You know, this This is my keystone game, Andrew. Can you believe that? I, this is my keystone game. I can't believe it. But wow. I just, yeah, I just feel like it's one of those scenarios where it fits. You know, you've got Russell Westbrook, who's been getting a lot of heat. He hasn't been playing well. You've got 9 million percent usage. How's that for a, a, an mm-hmm. actual stat? Right. For Beal, that has to be, you know, uh, utilized and I Westbrook generally is the first one up to take that usage. So I think you're going to see him running, gunning and firing. And I just, I think to me, even at that price, I, I he's my first guy in, I just think he dominates uh play here for the, for the wizards. Uh, I don't like the other guys, Neto and Smith will split. Bertans is is redefining scoring dependent for statistics. Right. That dude is ridiculous, man. He had five threes the other night for you know fifteen, and he had seventeen DFS points midway through the third quarter. I, I you know the, isn't he like six nine or something? He's tall. It's ridiculous. But so I'm not going there. Hashimura is okay. He's been decent, um, and they're bigs. They're just going to rotate. You know the Landon Lopez and those guys. But here's, you know, so Westbrook's play for me, and I'm going to use my other spend-up position to correlate this game, and I'm going with Julius Randle. I think, you know, you can't, I, you can uh, check my math here, but if you're 30th in pace and you're playing the number one team in pace, is that a, a pace-up situation? Yes, just barely. Okay, slim <laughs> slim winner there. So right. I think, you know, Randle's making a run uh, to try to make the all-star team, he, you know, he's he's been their go-to guy. They haven't messed with his minutes or his usage. Tibbs, you know, loves him. I think he's going to get just a boatload of minutes and dominate in this pace. And none of the, I don't see any of the guys being able to guard him uh, of the bigs from Washington or, or the power forwards. Uh, Hashimura's okay, but I don't, I don't, I think he's just uh, Randall's just too strong. So I love this game. I think that uh, it's going to go under-owned. And, uh, you know, I'm, I may even stack R.J. Barrett in here because his price is right. And they're not going to really have a good matchup for him. Not sure who's going to guard him. It may be Bertans, for crying out loud. Who knows? Or, you know, we'll see how, how, who they start. Maybe uh, Denny Advia starts and plays him. I don't know. But... Right now, it's Westbrook, Randall, and and probably Barrett, and I'm just 
going to really push a lot of chips to the center of the table in this game. Um, I'm with you on the Knicks guards. I, I still can't understand the trade for Rose, and now he's just blown up their minutes. You know, Peyton's still playing, and if he played real huge minutes against Westbrook, I at least respect Peyton's uh, hustle on defense, but Rose can't guard him at all, and he's going to get decent minutes. Quickly can't guard him, and he's going to find minutes in there. So, you know, I just don't like what he's done to blow up that backcourt. And I think if you watch the next couple of weeks, you'll see the Knicks slide down defensively, mainly because of Rose. I think it's going to change the perspective of their defensive flow and rotation and uh, and, and hurt them ultimately uh, on that side of the ball. Um, so, again, a key game for me, not looking at any of the other ancillary guys, I don't think. It's worth the risk uh, to go anywhere but Westbrook. And uh, I feel really good about Randall in this matchup. I think he's he's going to blow out a big game. So big one for Coach here. All right. Excellent. Game three, we go to the 730 tip-offs. Spurs and Hawks, 225.5 total. Atlanta favored by two. And this is sort of middle of the road for uh, pace and offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency. We've got the Hawks on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to host Indiana tomorrow, so they get to stay at home. The news here, we've got LaMarcus Aldridge out for the Spurs. And with the Hawks, we still have Hunter and Rondo out. So what are your thoughts here? Well, I, you know, like I've said all along, Trying to roster Spurs, it makes you cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, if you will. <laughs> I mean, you just, nothing's safe. You just never know. And it's so frustrating. And, I mean, this is a good matchup for them against Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's defense is improved. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know the rotations for sure with the Spurs and who they're going to lean on. DeRozan's always probably, and Murray, those two are safer plays, but there's just so much usage changes and rotation changes and matchup changes that Pop uses. Um, I'm just not going to take a risk uh, on any of the Spurs tonight. Just don't feel comfortable with it. And respect, especially that interior defense with Capella uh, protecting the rim. Uh, on the Atlanta side, Trey Young is expensive. Uh, I really respect DeJounte Murray's defense. I think they'll dog him. They may double him some. Um, you know, Herder's prices keeps drifting up a little bit. So not sure that he's the best play, but he is playing Super Bowl. I know he's one of your faves. Um, with Hunter out, Reddish has just not gotten it done. I don't think he's really rosterable. And, you know, uh, with Collins and Capella both playing and getting decent minutes, uh, it's just a little concerning for me that, you know, Collins is going to play some of the center spots. So you're not going to get all the Capella run. And I just don't want to spend up. So uh, I think this is a decent game and it's a rosterable game, but I'm just not going to go there. Yeah, there's a, a few targets I'm looking at with, you know, a little bit of trepidation on the Spurs side. And it's a GPP option of Keldon Johnson. Because on Fandle, he's 5,200 as a small forward. So I like that. You know, yeah. he was he kind of disappeared for a couple games much better the last time out. Uh, and, you know, we don't have uh, Hunter on the other side to defend him. So he's in play for me. 
you, you'd, you'd want to look at Pirtle with LaMarcus Aldridge out, but we saw in the last game with the Hawks, Capella, he didn't play much against Dallas. They went small, mm-hmm. and Pop likes to go small in these yeah. last couple of years. So I could see Pirtle and Capella watching a lot from the sidelines. So I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely not going to go to either one of those yeah, guys. It'll be Collins against Rudy Gay at center, basically, He's, you know, in a big run in the second half. I agree. Yeah, and that's why Collins is in play for me. A 7,600, 7,700. Uh, you know, he's really stepped up when uh, Capella has played fewer minutes. So he's uh, he's in play for me. Herter's in play for me, especially on FanDuel, where he's still only 5,300. I like him there. And then Gallinari also in play for me on FanDuel, where he's only 4,100. He got to that 30-minute mark like we talked about last game against Dallas. He did not shoot it well. Looked no. a little bit slow to me, a little bit sluggish. But, um, you know, a decent option for a GPP. And, you know, the nice thing about it is he does draw fouls. And he's he's uh, shooting a cool 100% from the line this he year. He knocks him down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. All right, next game, we've got your Mavericks hosting the Pelicans. Another 730 game, and this is one of our 230 games. 232, Mavericks favored by three. And how about this? Both teams now in the bottom five defensively. Crazy. Uh, Average pace, and offense is both improving. Pelicans are up to eighth with offensive efficiency. Yes. About time with all that talent on the offensive side. Now, uh, Lonzo Ball has been picking it up. He has been making uh, about four three-pointers a game here recently. And so when he's making his threes, we know that he uh, picks up so many other stats that uh, that's the type of situation where you want to target him. He's in the 6K range. He's playable for me in this uh, potentially high-scoring game. Zion is playable for me. At eight thousand, I'm curious to see your 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 thoughts on Kleba and how he might do against him. Uh, Hart uh, still at a playable price in the four K range, the master rebounder off the bench. With the Mavericks, I'm not not quite ready to pay up for Luca tonight. Um, I, I think he could smash against this poor defense, but uh, so many other options on this eleven game slate. Uh, you know, if you're going to pay up for a guy like Westbrook, you know, it gets harder and harder to also pay up for for Luca. Um, and I'm not I'm not interested in any of the Mavs uh, secondary guys tonight. I don't think so. Uh, although it's a high scoring game, you know, I I don't know if I'll have much ownership here. What What are your thoughts? You know, I I mean, this is a tempting game. I think it's going to get a, a boatload of ownership. I mean, not only is it one of the highest totals, but there's just so many outstanding players on both sides of the ball here. You know, I think there's a couple of things. Um, if I don't, if I end up chickening out on the cat play, I may pay, pay up for Luca tonight. I just, I don't think they can guard him well. Lonzo can't. Bledsoe will try, but Bledsoe's small. I mean, Luca p- will pound that ball in the paint where he's in the top three in uh, finishing at the rim in the league. He's second. Um, you know, so Luke is, I think, a phenomenal play here. I, I don't want any of the other rotational guys for Dallas. Too much rotation, you know, playing 11 guys. Um, they all have roles, but not on a size slate like this. 
Um, the two things, though, that I will say as far as rostering uh, New Orleans guys, Kleba being back gives the Mavericks a chance to at least control Zion to some extent. He's the only guy that can move as a big man and even have a chance at defending Zion. Now, nobody can really defend him when he's going to go to the, the basket and he has an angle. You're you're done. But Maxi is way better than anybody else on the Mavs, at least giving that a shot. And here's the problem with Zion that I found in, in just really statistically watching him. He is great. He's a great rebounder. He may be the best finisher at the rim in the paint of anybody in the league. But his outside shot is is not good, and he's not confident in it, and I think it limits him a little bit. So, you know, if if the Mavs play that zone a little bit, which I think they will in this game, uh, that really hurts Zion because they're going to be double down and, you know, double down in the paint and just forcing some shots from outside. And, you know, I think that limits him just enough that I'm not going to play him. Also, the best Mavericks defender this year has been Dorian Finney-Smith last year, too. And he's going to guard Ingram. Ingram, I'm sure, will do well. But I think for his salary, it's going to deter me from from that spot. I'm with you, though. I'm tempted by Lonzo. I I don't know if he feels the the fire from his brother trying to keep up the level of play. But it is coincidental since LaMelo's been killing it. His game's really improved in his shooting as well. So feeling that little uh, brotherly brotherly push there. But I think he's the guy that I'd look at from the Pelican side, and I think he'll go low-owned. Um, and if I don't pay up for Luka, um, I probably won't have any Mavs. But I've got a feeling as the day goes on, um, I'm going to vacillate back and forth from Cat or, or – uh, or Luca for that pay up to go along with Westbrook. Okay. Game five, we've got the Clippers and Bulls. And this one's fun because it's the rematch. They played. Okay. So get this. I, I yeah. started, started my research on this game and it's a big one because it's the single game uh, highlighted game on FanDuel for that single game series that we've been having a lot of fun with, by the way, great time to jump in as a member, get a week membership, so you can be with us for the rest of this contest. We've been giving out the single-game lineups every night, having a great time with that. Uh, So I remembered that they had played, and I said, yo, they just played recently. I know it was a high-scoring game, so I pulled up the box score, and I could not believe that it was January 10th when Mm. they played that shootout. It's been more than a month. Uh, Time is just flying by here. It is. Yeah. I guess that's what happens when you just put your head down and grind through every NBA slate. You know, Before you know it, it's been a month. But that was a 130 to 127 game. And tonight it's a 228 and a half total. Clippers favored by six and a half. This one's in Chicago. And Paul George is out. And yeah. then on the on the Bulls side, Wendell Carter Jr. is doubtful. So hmm. uh, do you think this could be high scoring again? I mean, it certainly could be. I mean, this this one is gonna be interesting. You've got uh I think you're going to get decent ownership here too. So it it makes for a very, uh, I think close game at times here. I think it can stay close and uh, you know, just really impressed with the bulls backcourt lately. They're just firing. I mean, obviously they broke the record 
with 17 threes between Levine and White, which has never been done. No, no two players from the same team have ever had eight threes in a game until Kobe and Zach. Now, you know, we talked about it a bit beforehand because we were trying to look at this game, focusing on uh, that single game slate, too. That's been a lot of fun, that little competition. I'm glad you threw that in there. And who's been who's been on it? Uh, is it uh, we've had a couple of members that have been really. Oh, well, Lanny last night, he put in over 100 in entry fees and came back with over 400 in profits yeah. from from playing our lineup. So that was a lot of fun. And we got members, other members congratulating each other. Uh, yeah. So that's a, a terrific thing. I know it was MDN uh, KY83. He was one of the guys touting uh, this single competition and got everybody fired up. And there's yeah, one and other JP guy. JP Davis. Yeah, JP Davis. That's who I was trying to think of. So shout out to those guys. Um, you know, it's <clears throat> the question here is, you know, Pat Bev paid, played the last time and Kobe still crushed. Zach did great. Um, you know, without Paul George being able to guard Zach Levine, that's made Zach Levine so tempting. But his price now is, is you know, with the big boys. Yep. So you've got, you know, that's a huge commitment to make um, right there for a team that is improving, seems game by game defensively. So as you know, with some of the pay-up opportunities that I'm trying to take advantage of earlier in the slate, I don't think I'm going to be able to pay up for Levine. And I love him. You know, I last week when he was still in that nice 8,000 range, uh, you know, I was rostering like a madman. But those, uh, you know, high sevens for Levine are, are long gone. Uh, Kobe, you know, I like him. But they still they're playing Sadoransky and Archie Diacono and a lot of guys. So I'm just concerned he's not going to get the full run uh, <clears throat> that I think that he needs to get um, to, to roster him here. And then, you know, Valentine, Patrick Williams has been solid, but uh, we're talking about interior defense now of Kawhi, <clears throat> Nick Batum, who can still defend. And Serge Ibaka, who's a, a heck of a defender and shot blocker. So, you know, I, I'm not going to go Bulls here as, as tough as it is and as well as they're playing uh, because it's the Clippers. Now, I think a lot of people will buy up for Kawhi Leonard on the other side of the ball because of the usage with uh, Paul George being out. And that's a reasonable decision. Um, and Chicago is not the best defensive team. It's just, you know, you, you've watched as well as I have. This team is different, a lot different this year than last year. Doc used to run just simple ISOs for Kawhi all the time, like crazy, almost like Toronto does with Siakam now. Clear the floor, give it to him. He's going to make a move, and the ball's going up. It's just that simple. They st still do that a little bit with Kawhi, but he's not as ball dominant as he was uh, even the last couple of seasons. So, I think, you know, they're getting other people involved, people off the bench. Um, and, you know, Kawhi is a terrific play. Um, I'm not going to buy up for him. But if I was going to play a Clipper, uh, that's the guy I'd look to force in there. Too much rotation, split minutes with the other guys for me to even uh, think twice. Even with George out, I know, you know, Kennard or Jackson or Pat Bev or, you know, Abaka or any of those guys – can step up, but just not not with 22 teams playing. So 
This may be, unfortunately, a pass game for me, but I like it. And I wouldn't mind squeezing somebody in, but it's not looking like it right now. Okay, yeah. I'm saving some more of my money for this one uh, on the main slate. Okay. Uh, you know, Levine is an option for me. He is expensive on both sites, but what a groove. I mean, you know, in this matchup with Paul George out there, he scored 45 and added seven Same. rebounds and seven assists. And then he had high 40s points again in this last game against New Orleans. Uh, so he's just on a tear right now. Uh, Kobe White is playable for me. You know, he almost had a triple-double in this matchup with Pat Beverly out there. And, yeah. you know, he was hot in that last game. So he, you know, he has been streaky because there are a few games there where he disappeared. So he had I agree. zero I, that one game, remember? Yeah, he. I mean, it's just uh, surprising. Yeah. Um, so I don't trust him as much also but certainly more in play on this single game slate. Oh, for sure. And then with the Clippers, uh, yeah, Kawhi makes a lot of sense. Uh, the, the other guy, though, that I will consider is Lou Williams, who has finally been more like Lou Williams with Paul George out with his minutes, his production, two straight really strong games, uh, decent price tag. And so I prefer him over this likely starters, Beverly and Jackson. Uh, you know, he's more in that traditional six-man role, come out and, and run the show. And Kennard yeah. and, and Mann have taken a, a bit of a backseat here recently. So uh, Lou Williams in play for me. And just to, to finish that thought, again, if you want the single-game lineups from us to become a member, just go to our website, dfscoachtalk.com. Sign up there for whichever length of time you'd like. And then we'll send you an email. That'll get you into our Discord tonight, and we'll give out the lineups for the main slate about 20 to 30 minutes before tip-off, and then the single-game lineups uh, about 20 minutes before this game tips off at 8 o'clock Eastern. Who are you leaning towards for your captain tonight? I think it's got to be Kawhi or Levine, right? Yeah, those are the two leaders in the clubhouse. I actually haven't looked at the pricing yet for oh. that. I've been focused on the pricing here for the main slate, but I this see. afternoon... You don't I'm, want to share because it's a competition and I'm on the leaderboard is. right by you. Yeah, yeah, we're, okay. we're up there. So, uh, <laughs> yep. And this could be a high-scoring game and that, that does impact those standings because you get your three highest scores. So, yeah. uh, tonight's a big night. It is an important one. I'm, I'm excited for it. All right, Coach, the other 8 o'clock game tonight, Detroit at Boston. Both teams on a back-to-back. -back. Detroit basketball. That's for yeah. Shane. That's right. Um, they lost last night to Indiana at home, so now they head over to Boston. And the Celtics had a solid win against Toronto at home. Um, only a 214 total here, as both teams are in the 20s in pace. Yeah. And Detroit 25th offensively, so they're really having trouble scoring the ball. And the Celtics are you know 17th defensively. I think that number will increase and improve. As we move forward here, Pistons only 25th defensively. So good opportunity for Boston to put up some points. The news here is that Mason Plumlee is questionable. He was at late scratch last night with right elbow bursitis. And mm. our man, Isaiah Stewart, just stepped up and crushed it for us in our GPP. I, love his, I love his hair, dude, man. He reminds me of James Brown from the old days. Yep. Yeah! <laughs> you know what that... I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah. And then with the Celtics, we've got I'm, – I'm labeling Kemba questionable as this is a back-to-back. -back. Haven't heard any news yet. I but. think I, from coach speak, I think it's leaning towards him not playing. Okay. It's not decided. It's not official. But from what I read, it sounds less that he'll play than play. 
Okay. So uh, for me, uh, that news is important. If Plumley sits again, then Stewart is still very cheap. Um, you know, and again, a great example of, of why you need to be with us in Discord. We changed our GPP lineup at the last minute. We got Stewart in there. It allowed us to pay up for Steph and Lillard. Uh, and that was a very successful lineup. Yeah, so those Stewart guys can't shoot at all, by the way. Who's that? Steph and Lillard. Oh, no, no. They're, <laughs> they're, they were cold last night. Man, Steph was fun to watch. Uh, so Stewart is in play for me again if he starts. Uh, Grant is, you know, okay. I probably won't go there here on a back-to-back. The other thing to look at here are these cheap guards. If Kemba is out, then Peyton Pritchard comes into play. He's in the 3K range on both sites. Um, and then he would overshadow the other potential value guard here of Dennis Smith Jr., who's still minimum price on both sites. He got those 16 minutes we were predicting. Didn't do too much. He only took five shots. No. So, you know, he's not my favorite target here. But um, if you're looking for a value, then those are the two guys to consider uh, from the, from this game. As for the bigs with the Celtics, uh, Tice is still a good price. We'll see if there's any news with those guys. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if somebody like Tristan Thompson is out, which would make me a little bit more interested in Tice. And Tatum, certainly playable here. Uh, but, you know, this could be a game that just ends up a, a little bit of a dud with both teams on a back-to-back. Yeah, I'm with you, man. This This is probably my least favorite game on the whole slate. I just don't like the feel of what the game flow will be here. Uh, we still need, need news. You know, I, I think the two pieces of news are key. If Plumley sits, Stewart certainly is playable. It's hard to to swallow up that. Is He, or he might be a, a Stewart a center or power forward on FanDuel. He's actually power forward at 3,600. See, that now that's a, a big, you know, if he's going to start and get good minutes, that's a great play on FanDuel for sure. And the fact that you could, you know, play more than one center certainly makes some playable on DraftKings as well. So if Plumlee's out, that's a great value spot to go. And I'll tell you, I've it's taken this long in the season, but I believe, I can't believe Peyton Pritchard is as good as he is, man. The dude fits in the NBA, and I just didn't think he'd be able to do it. Uh, I was surprised they took him uh, as early as they did in the draft, you know, 30th or something. Thought he'd be a late second round guy if if drafted, and he's played great. So if Kemba does sit, I think that he's a, a reasonable play, not a plug and play, but reasonable. After that, for multiple reasons, I don't like you know I don't want to pay up for Grant with Tatum defense and vice versa. A lot of rotation at the other positions. Um, you know, I just don't like the pace of this game, the feel of it. It's going to be mainly a pass unless I can grab two of those value plays in Pritchard and Mr. Stewart. All right, excellent. Let's transition to the 9 o'clock games. We've got Oklahoma City at Denver. Low total here, 222.5. Denver, the big favorites by 11.5. Yeah. Uh, a lot of absences still for OKC as Shea is out. Hill is still out. Maladon is out. Roby, questionable to get back into the mix. And then on the Denver side, we just have Dozier out. Now, yeah. this one, uh, we've got Denver 27th in pace. Uh, OKC is is quicker this year. They're ninth, but they're 28th in offensive efficiency. 
And uh, you know, Denver is surprisingly only 22nd defensively, but you'd figure they'd have more success tonight. I'm really not interested in this game, Coach. Is there anybody that you like? You know, I, I mean, I've said this. Uh, Oklahoma City's 10 and 14, so that's 24 games, probably 22 games. I've said it looks like they could get blown out here. Right. And some of those they win or else it's down to the wire. I don't know how they're doing it. But, you know, this certainly has, to me, the largest propensity to blow out. I, I mean, I know you can't – you're not supposed to really – count on blowouts when you're building DFS because they have to get to that blowout. But, you know, tell me about that when it's the fourth quarter, six and a half minutes left when everybody gets all those crunch time DFS points and the Joker and Murray and those guys are are riding the pine rooting on, you know, the guys because it's a 25-point game. You know, I think that this could blow out. It scares me enough. Um, I, I don't see paying up for the Denver guys, particularly for that reason. Plus, Horford's a, a hell of a defender still as a veteran. He'll at least, you would think, keep the Joker to within reason. Uh, and then after that, you know, it, they rotate some guys. They're getting some usage shifts with Porter getting a little bit more, uh, et cetera. So I don't want any Denver guys. I'm past there. You know, I, I have to say, if uh, if Roby sits... You know, I know this sounds crazy, but Horford's actually not a bad play. I mean, his price is good. Statistically, he's he's played great. You know, we've said this for the last week and a half since he came back from the birth of his child. He's been hot, and they're going to need him in this game if they stay close. I don't know if I'll have the courage to go there. Uh, the only guy I'm looking at in serious thought right now is Diallo, just because with, with Shea out and – you know, he's just such an explosive guy. His usage is really good. And, uh, you know, Murray's not the best defender. They may put Barton on him a little bit and rotate a few guys. But they're not the same defensively on the perimeter without Harris. And that, I think, gives Diallo, you know, at least a look, although his price is getting a little stupid now. So uh, possibly a pass for me. Um, but I'll take a quick glance if that other value doesn't open up uh, in this game. Yeah. I mean, with all those guys out for OKC, you got to at least look at these uh, opportunities and and price tags and Diallo and Horford, certainly the leaders for me. The the concern for me is back-to-back overtime games in LA. They lose them both, should have won them both. And now they have to travel to the the mile high city and uh, i just think this is really the the most likely one to to blow out i mean denver I just agree. they just did it with cleveland smashed them at home and all those guys sat the pine in the fourth quarter like you're talking about i think it's going to happen again tonight and diallo yeah. you know i had him in a bunch of lineups and he was amazing in the first half against the lakers then he basically disappeared in the second half and dort and uh Horford were playing the two-man game, really running the offense. Yeah. Lots of times Hor- Horford was initiating the offense, and he was tremendous. But what does he have left in the tank? You know, he is still a reasonable price tag. He's probably the guy most likely that I would pick. Diallo at 7K certainly could take advantage of the weaker spots in that Denver defense, like yeah. Murray. Um, but I'm just I'm concerned about this game. And then Michael Porter Jr., is the guy that the only price tag I kind of like is 5,500 on FanDuel for Porter Jr. 
but I think Dort could be giving him some trouble if if he's the the guy they choose to match up against him. So I am, you know, again, most likely going to pass this game. Yeah, I do you see the the defense Dort played? Uh, they showed you know in the face defense when he was on guarding on LeBron and yeah. just like torture him and he he still made one shot but it was like man now that's some get up in your chops defense right there he's a bulldog but, uh, right there he's fun to watch i'll tell you what i'm going to betus.com.pa and i'm i'm playing the nuggets minus the points so there you go i'm not a big guy to give those picks that off and i leave that to you but uh i just if there's ever a game that smelled like a blowout again you know, 22 out of the 24 games, probably I've said that with Oklahoma City. But I believe at this, this is the day they get smoked. All right. The other 9 o'clock game, I'm interested in this line. It's the Bucks in Utah, and the total is 233.5. Uh, Jazz favored by 2.5. I, you know, the, looking at that number, I kind of like the under. Uh, we've got the Bucks ninth defensively, Jazz second in the league behind only the Lakers. Yeah, uh, Jazz had that slow pace. They're twenty fourth. I just I had forgotten that when these two teams played earlier, they combined for two hundred and forty nine points. Utah won in Milwaukee one thirty one to one eighteen. Now yeah. what happened that day is that Utah had a franchise record. They made twenty five threes, Good and Lord. we can't expect that to happen again. So I, I still like the under here. I think the defenses are going to win out in the slow Jazz pace in Utah. They are great offensively. Bucks number one in the NBA in offensive efficiency. Jazz number four. So I think that's the the trade-off there. Big news here tonight. Drew Holiday still out for Milwaukee. And now Conley is out for the Jazz. And those two guys have a big impact on both sides. We've seen it with Middleton and Giannis the last two games. Middleton has had two straight double-doubles with assists. So he's, he's handling the ball. Now, playing very well. Giannis was absolutely dominant against Phoenix. It makes you wonder, why doesn't he just do that all the time? Yeah. You know, he should be able to score over 40 every night with the way that he can get to the rim, you know, with one dribble from half court. So, um, you know, those guys are in play for me, but I do like Middleton more at only 8,000 on both sites. I think that's a real value. With the Jazz, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Clarkson, we're both really good in this game against Milwaukee, and now they have Conley out. Yeah, uh, Donovan's expensive at over eight thousand, but your boy Clarkson only forty-seven hundred on oh. Fanduel. Uh, I, th- I think that's worth a look. And Joe Ingles, the other value play who you don't usually like as much, he's forty-nine hundred on on Fanduel. I think he's also worth a look. But even though I think this one could be uh, an under game, I do think I'll probably have Middleton in most of my lineups and maybe one of the Utah guys. Yeah, this, you know, this game is really a head scratcher. I when I I would have predicted the number like a 228. So I I'm usually not, you know, five, six points off on that. So I agree with you. It seems like it should be, but it makes more sense that the teeth of the defense, other than Gobert for Utah, is Conley and um Holiday. Those two guys, the point guards for these two teams, are just terrific on-the-ball defenders, and that starts the whole defense. So with them out and having to utilize secondary guys uh, defensively, I think it it really puts both of them at arm, you know, at odds there. So I see why that number's higher. 
and it makes more sense. It does make you want to have coverage here, though, because if it is up and down, you know, you're going to need some exposure. I, I'm just not in love with this game. I don't want to pay up for Giannis with Royce O'Neal defense and Utah in Utah trying to control the pace. I think, you know, I just not the place to go and spend up. Uh, Middleton's always solid, and he's certainly solid again today. Um, you know, great cash guy because, you know, pretty much what you're going to get. Um, but I don't know. Utah's just can be so stonewall with some of their defensive schemes and doubling guys. And a lot of times uh, Coach Buttle will uh, take Giannis out, let Middleton be the guy, then take Middleton out, let Giannis be the guy. And doing that when they stagger him, I think Utah has a better – chance to double or get their better defender on them or have Gobert sink over and help out on those guys. So I'm not going to roster any Milwaukee guys. That could be a downfall, but I just think the scheme and what Utah has, uh, especially with, uh, you know, Holiday being out, I just don't feel that I want to go there. Now on the, on the Utah side, I think you've got a couple, you know, you've got to me, Several options here. I, I for I like three or four guys potentially here. Maybe only going to play one of them, but I think you need you know as if you're going to pay up and you haven't done it already in several spots. Mitchell has been absolutely terrific, and with Connolly off the floor, his assist ratio goes way up. He go and you know he's handling the ball more. He's an incredible finisher at the end of games, so you can consider him. But again, he's up there in that upper echelon of pricing. The other guys, Clarkson, you know, I'm a Clarkson truther. I don't, I'm like herder with you. I don't know if uh, I need to be this guy's agent or what, but uh, I just, Clarkson just fits for me. He, his price never goes out of the fours. He gets 35 minutes and he he's not afraid to shoot the ball at any second. So, you know, I like a guy in that position and I think, you know, high ceiling and a pretty safe floor for a guy that comes off the bench because he's going to have the ball, especially with Conley out, and he's going to take shots. Um, you know, Gobert's also a consideration here. I don't think people are going to think about him much, but uh, Lopez has been struggling a little bit uh, lately, and he's, you know, a decent defender, but, you know, Gobert's been such a monster on the glass. Uh, you know, I think he can at least be considered because his price has stayed reasonable. But uh, for me, you know, if dominoes fall and some of my uh, buy-up spots open up, Mitchell would be one of the candidates to jump up there. And certainly Clarkson is more than likely going to make my lineup as just a really good value play. And that's probably the only exposure I'm going to have. And I wish I had a little bit more, but 22 teams, you know. That's right. All right, three games left. The 10 o'clock games, Memphis in L.A. to play the Lakers, only a 219.5 total. Lakers favored by seven. Uh, Lakers, of course, number one in defense. And Memphis, a respectable 11th. And then we've got average pace and average offensive efficiency. The news here, uh, a little bit more concrete on the Memphis side, as Clark, Melton, and now Bain are all out. Yeah. On the Lakers side, A.D. is questionable and Caruso is probable. Take this one away for us. You know, I, I hate to, to do this because the podcast is how we talk to all the people, not just our members, but I just need to know if Davis is playing. I, I don't know how to 
give good advice on this game because if Davis plays, then I, you know, that the interior defense of the Lakers is just phenomenal. If he doesn't play, there is some potential there for a Joe Val or even a Kyle Anderson. You know, he's a sneaky points guy when there's several other guys out that's pretty cheap. Um, so again, that's all dependent on, on the, uh, AD, uh, news. Um, other than that though, you know, I, I'm not comfortable paying up for LeBron in this game as great as he is, even if AD's out. I mean, he's at that price point. I just don't know, you know, if, if he's going to be able to get 75, you know, fantasy points, I don't really want 50 or 52 from him at that price. So, you know, just not real comfortable spending up there. Um, there's a lot of cheap guys from LA that people always try to jam in and most of them never make value. You know, you got, I'm not even going to mention all of them, but I don't want to go there on this big of a slate. Um, from the Memphis side, you know, jaw is an exciting guy and he can have a high ceiling and his minutes have been good. Uh, but his price is a little prohibitive, but, you know, he's the consideration. Um, and then if Davis sits, like I say, you know, Joe Val Anderson uh, end up being guys that I would look at. So that's it. I'm not thrilled with this game, but I think there is potential dependent on the news. Yeah, I like Joe Val if, if AD is out. Uh, definitely will be on my radar. With uh, Melton and Bain out, I think, unfortunately, we need to mention Grayson Allen. I don't like his game, yeah. but he's the guy who's going to benefit here. I figured he might still be in the 3K range, but both sites have adjusted to that news. He's in the 4K range, so less yeah. of a value play. And by the way, just got confirmation from our boy J.P. Davis in uh, main chat there that Kemba is out. Yeah. So I would certainly prefer Pritchard as a value play in that price range over a guy like he's, Grayson he's Allen. He's going to be massively owned, Pritchard. Yeah. Uh, with the Lakers, I don't want to play anybody if AD is out there. And even if he sits... Schroeder and Kuzma are both priced up here on this slate, so I don't I don't think I'm going to go there. I'm with you. All right, let's move over to Portland as Cleveland is coming to town to play the Trailblazers. 222 total. Portland favored by three and a half. And, you know, it's, this is a game that I wish you were on a smaller slate and Portland wasn't on a back-to-back because -back yeah. they, they put a lot of energy into that win over Philly <sighs> right ton. down to the wire with all their guys out there. And they've got this great matchup, Cleveland 19th defensively. And on the flip side, Portland is 28th defensively. So it's a, it's an opportunity for some offensive success here. But the Cavaliers are dead last in offensive efficiency. They're still 26th in pace. So I am just not thrilled about this one. You know, it's all about Portland being on a back-to-back. -back. Lillard and Trent could smash against this Cleveland backcourt. But... Their prices are are pretty hefty, so I, I this is one of those you know duck and cover situations where I just hope they don't absolutely smash. With uh, with Cleveland, Jared Allen is the guy that I would consider the most you know six thousand and under. If he starts, uh, I like his opportunity. And then Garland and Sexton, they're all they are you know reasonable prices. You could go with one of those guys as a one off. So I guess most likely it's Allen for me. 
and a pass. You know, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, normally in a regular situation, even with one day's rest, I'd be stacking Portland, probably three guys. I, I could see myself in a regular situation going Lillard, Trent, and Cantor in this game without even thinking twice. But you know what? I watched that game last night, as a lot of people did. They gave a lot of energy. You know, Cantor got a smack in the face. He's bleeding everywhere. He gutted it out. Lillard started getting tired. He had a bad second half shooting the ball. I mean, his legs, I think, are getting there. It's catching up to him. I believe this is three and four days for them. And it's a back-to-back off a really tough victory. I just, As much as Lillard is like beyond reason good, I, I just got to think he's a little tired this game. And, and I think the coach will see it, maybe not give him as many minutes, let Simons run the point a little bit, and, and not play him the 35-plus minutes like he's been playing every game since McCollum's been back out. So I'm not I'm going to pass on Portland. I'm with you though. I'm terrified. I refuse to put this game on because I I know I'll be just dying cuz I love to play guards against Cleveland's backcourt and so it's it's so tempting, but I'm just not going to do it. I think that the legs, the coach rotation being smart in this game is there. I'm so sick of of Cleveland trying to figure out their bigs and what they're doing and I just don't want any part of that either. So this is this is going to be just a, a flat pass game for me, and I hope it this game just sucks and just gets by and gets over. All right, well, there's one other game. Maybe we'll watch that one and have some exposure here. It's okay. Orlando against Sacramento. Sacramento yep. dead last defensively, and Orlando Wonderful. Orlando's only 20th. Yep. Uh, we do have Orlando with tired legs and a 20th pace. Coming in off the loss against Golden State, 111-105. And that was an entertaining game because of all the guys who are out. And we may have a similar situation tonight. We've got all these guys questionable. Cole Anthony, Frank Mason, Michael Carter-Williams, and Fournier. uh, And then Aminu's doubtful. So we could have a very short rotation again. Everybody's healthy for Sacramento. Um, So assuming those guys are out again... Do you like, will you have one spot or two left in your roster here? Well, I'm, I'm not going to give any players in this game, and I'll make it fast. It all depends on who's in and who's out. I'm going to build my lineup with a few of these guys, and if I have to rotate off of them, if people are in or out because it's the late game and we don't get the news, I will be able to shift over to some Portland or Cleveland guys if I need to. So I'm going to leave at least two spots open, if you will, you know, to see if Anthony or Fournier or who in that rotation plays, because that's going to determine how I finish up my lineup. And that's why you've got to be in touch with us on Discord. Check us out. Become a member, DFSCoachTalk.com. Keep an eye on on this news, because it's going to be pivots that I think take down this slate with these last two games based on the Orlando news. You may get some phenomenal value that opens up, if, if uh, Anthony and Fournier are out, you know, if Michael Carter-Williams is back, whoever the case may be, you got to look at that whole rotation there, see what the final news is, see if there's any minutes restrictions, and then shuffle in those last couple of guys. So I think this is a key game. I'm going to have a few spots open, but it's yet to be determined based on the news. 
Yeah, for me, the the value on Orlando, the guys who are going to be popular and are worth considering, Ross coming off the bench. He's under 5,000 on FanDuel. He really ran the show yesterday. Uh, Ennis, mid-4K range. He's been playing excellent ball here lately, but I don't really trust his performance on back-to-backs recently, and he played heavy minutes. Uh, Birch is a value on DraftKings, potentially. But I'm I'm more interested in the Sacramento guys. Uh, Fox is in a great spot here, right around 9,000. I think he's playable on both sites, could dominate this game. And then Bagley finally got 29 minutes, and he's under 5K. So, you know, here's an opportunity for him, I think, to really pay off value. It's you gotta um, you gotta be a little bit nervous. Will he get the 30 minutes again? But yeah. I love that price tag. And Heald is also in play for me on FanDuel at 5,900. So I'm going to try to most likely have uh, one or two spots for this game because uh, I think uh, you know, I think Sacramento could really take advantage here and put up some big numbers. Yeah, I definitely want exposure to that game as well. All right. Well, that is our 11-game slate. It's in the books. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, reach out to us if you have any questions or if you want to join. We are at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. The coach is at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. I am at Language Olympic. Shane is at D-E-T Sports Shane. Coach, any final thoughts here? Let's crush it tonight. I'm ready. Excellent. All right. Thank you again for your support. Uh, hit that like button on YouTube and subscribe if you haven't already. And then we'll see you again this weekend as we look to crush it in DFS.